0: well hello this is ted johnson with the fish on ted podcast i want to thank everybody for tuning in today we're recording this particular podcast on the 29th of april 2021 and uh, things are starting to pick up and uh, look brighter outside at least uh, talking with uh, our good friend captain chris from the Edmonds, seattle area and both he and i are experiencing almost summer type of weather and so uh, you know uh, with the with the better weather weather coming and the fishing season starting to open um, and COVID starting to diminish like it has um, this might turn out to be a pretty good year so anyway without further ado hey Chris you there? I'm there how we doing Ted? You know I'm, I'm sitting in 81 degree weather right now I mean it it is gorgeous I'm in central Oregon how about you? It is fantastic. We're in the mid-70s, maybe, maybe a little bit higher than the mid-70s. Um,
1: got the celebrity bulldog up here in the office with me, Julius Caesar. Got the windows open. It's just glorious. We, went down to the boat, did some measurements today, and just felt like spending the rest of the afternoon here. But I know you and I had to
0: talk, so had to, had to cut, it, cut it short and come up back home. Well, I am, I am honored that I, I fit so high on the, on the list with you <laughs> to come back in weather like this and have to, have to talk with me. But at least you got the windows open. And uh, oh. I would imagine being the chef that you are, you've got a, a, a big elaborate dinner plan tonight. And uh, your, uh, your day will just continue on. I'm not sure how elaborate it's going to be. I can tell you the celebrity bulldog is going to have teriyaki flank steak
1: chopped Ooh, up really? and put in his food yeah. the little majesty he is and i don't know um uh probably the girl and i might do something simple like a little salmon caesar or something like that i know that she's stopping by uh pike place she's got a special shop that uh she likes to go and get us uh some a little special sub Dad. To, to my wine cellar so i don't know what she's gonna do uh-huh. we'll figure that out so, that's so, very good so, uh, very good very yeah good. couldn't ask for more, more perfect weather it's just absolutely fantastic here.
0: yeah well hey you know on the fishing front sounds like things are starting to ramp up in your part of the world wasn't there a big meeting well, you know, here what a week ago or so and now the seasons are uh, on the calendar
1: yeah we had our final uh north of falcon season setting process and for for those of you that don't know and i know most of you guys that listen to this are knucklehead fishermen like us but uh we do a process every year, it's called North the Falcon, and it is uh, it is where the user groups team together, uh, co-managers, us being sports fishermen through the Department of Fish and Wildlife, and uh, the tribes, and then other user groups commercials. And they have forecasts that they've, they've determined what the runs are going to be, what the returns are going to be. And then we carve out our seasons, and we, we figure out who's going to get what to maintain uh, you know, the sustainability of the fishery. So that all got finalized a week or so ago. Uh-huh. And you know me, Ted, I'm always a half a half a beer mug full rather than a half a beer mug empty sort of guy anyway. But right, uh, right. I'm telling you, at this time, we really made out. We really made out great. It's going to be a fantastic package for us. If anything, if I had anything negative to say, and I, I did at the beginning, but now thinking about it, I really don't. We lost the first two weeks of June, uh, okay. for salmon fishing, which, you know, is not that big a deal. I mean, we booked a whole bunch of flounder fishing trips on that time anyway. So we're just as busy, if not, if not more, you know, and the, the families and kids really love the flounder fishing and mm-hmm. a lot of my regulars, you know, with the families and they, uh, they book flounder trips instead of salmon fishing now because they got the, the kids love it so it ended up the ended up being a win for us i think you know where, you know with uh you know moving over to a little bit of flounder during that time and
0: um right. it's going to be
1: a great season uh we're going to start up with uh with our resident coho june the 16th this year as opposed to june 1st and right. uh that's going to be spectacular those guys are in and uh they generally move out into the rest of the sound and out uh, to the rest of the areas about, you know, into July. So, so that's great. They're a fast-hitting fish, super flavorful. They're they're eating shrimp and krill, so they're, which is real small. Uh, right. So it takes. It takes them all day to fill their little stomachs, so the, so the bite's pretty much on all day with those guys, which is fantastic. Uh, a better tasting salmon you're, you're never gonna you're never gonna you're never gonna get than one of these uh, uh, resident co-hosts. The meat is no, a no, dark be, red I'll color, really is fantastic. You know, it depends on when you get them. So they're in their fast growth uh, spurt during that time. They've hatched some time ago, so they're eating and growing all the time. So. They're growing about, you know, depending on you know what the conditions are, they can grow a quarter to a quarter inch a week or oh, more. So it depends on when you get them. week kind of, the, generally they're you're going to be three to three to four pounds, maybe some five pounders. Uh-huh. Um, but but you're going to
0: get some mix of some other some other larger coho that are that may be early coming in at that time too, right? And and how and, and how many of those can can you keep on a day? Well, the limit is two. So okay.
1: uh yeah, it'd be the two limit. Well we're, we're very fortunate here, um right off my front doorstep here in Edmonds, which is area ten, we're able to to uh be non selective, meaning we can keep hatchery or wild coho. Right. And that is the residents and that is the um the ocean run that are coming in in October, move uh-huh. on to the other areas, which is Area Nine. A lot of guys will know that is Possession Point, uh, Southeast Woodby Island. That is selective, and that is going to be hatchery only. Uh, oh, really? And yeah. I mean, it, it, it is important. I mean, the, it does give you a better opportunity. I would say, depending on the year, the split is about. Oh, about 60% hatchery to 40% wild, depending, you know, give or take a little bit from year to year. But this gives you a little bit, you know, better chance of putting more fish in the boat when you're, you know, right out front here because you can keep both. My luck is if I want to fish Area 9 where it's selective, guess what? I'm going to hook only wild fish over there. So (laughs) So it puts us in a pretty good position.
0: Yeah. Well, gosh, a family of four then on a boat. You could come back easily with eight fish during this. Oh, the, for the, sure. The resident coho season. Holy that's a lot of yeah, fish. Yeah,
1: for sure. And if, if people know what the pink fishing is like, which this year is going to be the on year for the for the pinks, seems uh-huh. like every time you're looking at a rod, you got a pink on. This is what I really love about that June um, resident coho fisher is mm-hmm. that these fish are biting constantly. And it's, it's very similar, the feel and the experience of it, to pink fishing in that you got constant action. Um, you know, these fish transition later on into late July or mid-July, depending on the year. They're going to transition into eating herring, which is a some significantly larger, you know, food source. Sure. So when they get one or two of those herring in them, you know like any other salmon like for example ted you know if you if you had two or three quarter pounders you're going to shut down for a little bit it's the same <laughs> yes, way with salmon yeah it's the same way with salmon but the the beautiful thing about that early june resident coho is there is they got to eat constantly because they they're eating these little shrimp and krill it takes them all day to fill up their little stomach so they're, they're mm-hmm. the bite is pretty much all day
0: occurrence and you know they're right. they're just they're just they're just gorgeous, gorgeous looking fish, just gorgeous tasting. Yeah, just fantastic. Now, now, do the pink are are the pink showing up at the same time as the resident coho? Then,
1: no, the pinks, the pinks generally, uh, well, they they are a odd year fish, meaning every other year. Right. So this year, twenty twenty one is is an odd year, and they're going to be in. And the great thing about the pinks, a lot of people call them humpies. Um, the -hmm. the species is pink is that when they come in they come in in the millions not like you know a couple hundred thousand they come in in the millions so what that means is that just just they're everywhere It, it it is a it is a feast of salmon and they are in Puget Sound you could mark your calendar on this at about August 10th and generally they're going to be right at about i'm going to say they're going to be at about Foulweather bluff to mid possession bar which is uh, southeast corner of Woodby island they're going to be right there at that time there'll be some that are in earlier but the bulk of them start hitting about that area they'll be in there thick at that time and then just give it a couple days later three four or five days later they're going to be on the beach all the really? way from um, Teo down to the Oil Docks in Edmonds. Yeah. And um, and it is a great fishery. Uh, you know, pinks get a little bit of a bad rep from the salmon snobs that are used to eating, you know, <laughs> Copper River King up in Alaska. You know, they're right. not a Copper River King, but they're a great tasting salmon. Do the right thing with them, which we do. We get them in. We get them iced down. Uh, you know, you're going to want to Gonna to want to eat those things fresh in the first two, three, four days, mm-hmm. maybe five days. You've got to ice down nice, and a lot of them I smoke. But you, uh, you can do a whole lot of great things with the, with those fish. I and mean, there's so many ways to smoke them. You eat them the first few days, and they're just they're just bright and fantastic. They lack the oil content that some of the, uh, you know, the kings have and that the cohos have. So you know you're gonna to want to you're gonna to want to do something with them. You know. Within that time frame, but they're fantastic even yep. fish. And as far as action goes, yeah. you, you're not going to beat it. You're not going to beat it. You're going to yeah. you've no. got to fish on every time you look at a pole.
0: Now, is the retainage the same uh, on those two a day?
1: Yeah. So it depends on the year. So a lot of years, what they're going to do is they'll give us a bonus pink bag limit. Now, cycle before last which was a uh, year before last, we had pinks in, and, you know, Farmer of Fisheries, you know, God bless them. They do the best they can. They've got all oh, tons of data. They've got, you know, computer models that they go through and they come up with a predicted return. And then we go through the process and then we come up with the season. Well, the cycle before they had called for, uh, they had, below average predictions on the pinks mm-hmm. so they we didn't get the bonus two so normally on a pink year it's a good one you will get a limit of four pinks which is in oh, my opinion too much it's yeah. huge so so last cycle they predicted it was going to be off so they they put us at a limit of two pinks per angler which in my opinion is fantastic so mm-hmm. you could catch a coho you could catch two coho, you could catch a coho and a pink, or you could catch two pinks. That's a lot of fish for a family of five, okay? Oh, it sure is. But, but what happened was, that they got it wrong. <laughs> it ended up being a stellar pink year. Right. And we were on the boat in a matter of hours. There was many days, we were on three trips. Mm. limits every day and getting back to the dock. And being back home up here up on the hill at a reasonable hour. I'm talking 7 30, you know, after running three trips. Now this year this year they have they've got us at a two fish limit for pinks. Okay. And it's not a constraint with the as, as as we understand it with the pink population the pink population this year the returns are looking really fantastic but when they're putting these fisheries together there are areas that you know just not only pinks are going through we may have coho going to like the Stillaguamish or to other rivers or uh other runs that are going through here they wanted to limit the impact on the northern areas around around um, muckle to north so they've got us currently at a two fish per limit uh on on tanks right and now that may change uh we've been told that that may change once 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 we get some fisheries going once we get some effort put in um Mm -hmm. but uh it's looking like to be a fantastic uh you know, year to year to put them in the box. And oh, Coho it,
0: this year, the you Coho. Know, the forecast for that is up as well. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm hearing. You know, there was a time that this been, oh, 20 years ago now, but I was at uh, kind of a remote place up in the southeast and the pink run, uh, the pink were coming into this uh, little river that we were on. We were the only ones on the entire river and we were right at the mouth of it and I was just absolutely in awe of seeing all of the fish jumping you know just con- you know constantly and so I had the camera with me now this uh, was you know pre um uh, digital camera so I I think I had the shutter speed at 1 100s and so I took a picture of this this um kind of cove area before they hit the river and and in this one picture I took I counted 27 different pink salmon in the air all in in that one one hundredth of a second it was crazy it's amazing yeah the the year before last uh
1: we went we went up to an area a lot of you fishermen know about this some may not know but it's it's an area called the shipwreck it's directly across from the southeast corner of Woodby island yeah and it is south of muckle tea it's a little bay there we call it brown's bay and uh But the same was was going on up there closer to Mukilteo. But these fish were going, you know, with the current heading south. And then if you looked up there across the way, uh, past the point there, another huge group of them were going up north, probably heading to the Snohomish River up there, past Mukilteo up to Everett. But, you know, you've been out on the water before. You see how the dolphins... You know the they sound and their thins come up and they're hundreds and hundreds and hundreds in a a line like giant serpent i don't know probably probably two miles long is the craziest thing and uh, and i saw this and people were taking pictures of it and i had my binoculars was looking at what direction they were going i thought well maybe we'll just swing in there And as soon as I turned the boat, but we got a double (laughs) and we were done. We didn't even need to go close to them. But, but that's how, that's how it can be when, when these pinks are, when these pinks are in. And um, they, one of the reasons that they, they just proliferate so gets better every year, unless we have an ocean condition is that they don't get a lot of commercial pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're, you're, you're a purseander or a netter, you know, and you've got a season, you know, you're not going to make the bucks on those that you're going to make on a, you know, an Alaska King or something. So just not a lot of pressure. on it. So nature really, really takes over. Everything equals out, you know, water seeks its own level. When you leave these Mm -hmm. fish alone, they just, they
0: just boom, boom, boom. They just, they just come back in a, in a huge way. Right, right. I'll be darned. Now, when do the kings come into your area? So, uh,
1: normally for us here, Central Puget Sound, right, we actually have kings, winter kings in the winter, which, which we call them winter blackmouth. Uh, right. We have them in the winter, and there's actually, there's, there's winter blackmouth, and there's some springers out there right now. So, the real question is, when can we, when can we go fishing for them? So, there you go. Typically, our season starts for our summer kings, uh, July the 16th. Now, mm-hmm. there's been a couple seasons where they've pushed us back. Last year, being one of them, they pushed us back a week, week or so to, to the 26th of the July. So this year we've negotiated that back. So we're gonna start up July the 16th. Right. Um, now, luckily where I am right here in my backyard, uh, literally, we've got we've got two fishing areas that we can fish in. So right out of here, Edmonds is uh, Area Ten, uh, which is from uh, Edmonds down through Seattle area, and then just north of us is what we call Area Nine. That is everybody will be familiar with that. Possession Point, Possession Bar, Southeast Corner, Woodby Island, and then when you go a little bit north of that, you're going to Get the the southeast corner of Woodby, and it'll go across to an area called the Shipwreck, up to Melchillio, which is Everett, and that is Area Eight too. So mm-hmm. we start July the sixteenth, and each area has a limit. Area Nine has a has a not a limit but a quota uh, of how many fish the fishermen can catch. Once those fish are caught, they shut the season down. So. Uh, Area 9 and 10 will have a king season this year. Uh, Area 8-2, which is up to Mukilteo, Everett area, they will not have a king season. And uh, Area 8-1, which is um, a little bit further up there close to port Susan, they do not have a king season. They have not had one for a few seasons. Um, But what we generally do is, Area 9 generally burns through its quota relatively quick. Uh, usually mm-hmm. area nine is the Southeast corner would be, um, depending on the year, it, it can last seven to 12 days, seven to 10 days, maybe 14 days. Um, right. Doesn't sound like a lot of time, but everybody and their brother <laughs> takes vacation time off and everybody goes for the Kings and they just, they right. just eat them up there. Um, you know yours truly we'll do that too because because we'll just turn a corner we'll go we'll go up to area nine and we'll we'll fish for kings there mm-hmm. and then we're close we'll just we'll just go right out of the marina and catch catch the kings right out in front of Edmonds. so oh, we wow. kind of do that most of us will fish area nine and then when the quota is burnt up there we'll just fish out our backyard here in area 10. and that will usually last us you know depending on the year usually we'll we'll have king opportunity pretty much through the end of august
0: oh wow okay
1: yeah and then and then we've got coho coming in there too um so you can get you know you're going to get early ocean run coho in there so it's kind of a yes. mixed bag i mean i don't know what we're going to do from one trip to the next i mean most of the time we'll do just tell you is well. well we'll generally we'll fish we'll put a couple lines up for coho and then we'll put a line or two down for Kings. And you know, we, we get a King bada a boom.
0: We get a coho bada a boom. So that's, that's a great time in there. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, it sounds like you've got a great season ahead of you. That's awesome, man.
1: I, I, I think it's going to be fantastic. I will tell you this. Um, with the whole, you know, global apocalypse, you know, that, that mm-hmm. we've been kind of stuck in. And I, I, I'm not going to complain, because last year was a fantastic year for us. I, I mean, people were people were stuck home, and they, they wanted to get out, and they, you know, they, they wanted to go fishing. They wanted to do stuff. They wanted to get the kids out of the house, away from the TV, away from the video games, even the salty dogs, you know. Mm-hmm. They were tired of hanging around the house. They wanted to go out. But this year, I'm telling you, people are ready to rip that mask off Mm -hmm. and everybody is going to bust out this year uh i've got calls from well all over the world but all over the country and um uh this is going to be the the year that people are just going to bust out i mean they've got they haven't been able to go on vacation for over a year (laughs) you know they're sitting on all that money they've saved and everybody's just chomping at the bit to get out and have a good time. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just fairship. I mean, people are going to get out. They're going to go to your theme parks. They're going to want to go. They're going to want to go to the farmer's market. They're going to want to go to the beach. They're going to want to go do stuff. And it's about time. I mean... Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. I, you know, I know a ton of people that are just, you know, but, you know, biting at the bit to go and, and do something, you know? And... Uh, I- Uh, what what you know what better activity than going fishing that's fun man oh
1: absolutely absolutely and what what a what a better way to you know teach the kids something i mean you're making memories for a lifetime when you get your Mm -hmm. son or daughter out there and you know they're seeing bald eagles you might get out there on a day where you see the killer whales out there that's something Uh your kids are going to remember for the rest of their life that's exactly right you don't see that every day we had, um, well, wow, this happened a few times last summer. We were right off of um, off an area called Point Jefferson, which is just out of Edmonds there, and it's on the other side. they on the Kidsap side. And uh, we had two days in a row. With a, there's a huge family of bald eagles that's on the Kidsap side. Mm-hmm. And, and a family that's on the other side there that is uh, close to the shoreline side. Down there, there's a, there's a sanctuary. That um, is a wooded area that used to be uh, a hunting uh, reserve for, the, um, for a uh, uh, community built in, in the 1900s. It was called, I um, forget the name of it, but anyway, there's a family of eagles in there. Oh, we are wow. fishing huge eagles fly right over the bow of the boat, and boom, they're swooping up salmon. I don't know how they do it. I don't know uh, how they get these fish in the air. The fish yeah. are the, almost the size of the eagle. You think Lord of Lord. the think of the the engineering in that. How mm-hmm. is it possible that that eagle can pull up that much weight? Well, think of Ted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you're a big guy. Yeah. You, could, you could pull up a you know even a even a six seven eight pound you know king maybe eight nine or ten pound king. Mm-hmm. You know the wingspan on these eagles isn't a lot bigger than the fish that they were yanking out of the water i don't know how they do it but wow. it's pretty amazing wow. pretty amazing What's and fun? then uh that particular area we've seen a lot of activity uh that is increasing every season and we've seen it a few times over the over the the winter kingfishery that we have the transient killer whales have been coming in and these are the big killer whales uh uh, these are the killer whales that eat uh, salmon and seals, and they're whale mm-hmm. hunters as well. And you could definitely tell the difference when you see the, the uh, transi whales, because their they're, they're girth is a lot bigger. They're just a, a, a more massive animal. And we're seeing those guys all the time, so you don't see that every day. That's,
0: that, that's a treat. Now, that, now, that's not anything to be afraid of, right?
1: Um, what was that tip?
0: that isn't anything to be afraid of if you're sitting in absolutely not yeah oh no it's 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 one of nature's wonders
1: they're out there they're doing the same thing that you and i are out there doing they're looking for -hmm. looking for food they're looking for salmon uh you know they're the 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 residents uh southern residents generally they'll always have calves with them I don't recall ever seeing any of the transients with calves. Generally the transients are travelers and they're 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 on hunting trips. Um, Right. but we do see a lot of the residents with calves. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and kids really like that. No. No, they they're not gonna bother you. And actually we it's not like we go and approach them. Uh, when we're out fishing, generally we're not, you know, looking for whales. But if we're out fishing and whales approach us, which happens quite mm-hmm. often, then we'll see them. Uh, we, we don't, you know, we try not to disturb them at all, but once we're fishing, sure. you know, if they're in front of us, we're going to turn to Porter starboard, and we're going to kind of troll away from them. But a lot of times, they'll, they're curious, <laughs> they'll come up and they'll follow you and they'll say, ah, what is that? Very smart
0: creatures. Oh, well, that's cool. So, let's put on a chef hat, a chef's hat. Um, so, sure. we're out on uh, June 16th, and you catch uh, uh, you know a a cooler full of resident coho now what do you do you just you 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 cut them up into uh, little chunks and have uh, um, you know uh, fried uh, uh, fried fish and chips or what would you do with it
1: i'm not going to do that with these resident cohos my friend (laughs) (laughs) no that would that will you will be sitting in the corner with the captain's dunce cap on if you try and do that (laughs) these fish are spectacular And uh, so kind of let into it a little bit, but I'll tell you what makes these fish so spectacular is that they're eating the shrimp and krill before they transition into herring. And the shrimp and krill, are, as we all know, they're they're little crustaceans, and they have got crustacean-y, shrimpy flavor to them, which imparts itself into the flesh of the salmon. And in addition to that, it's gonna gonna turn the color of the flesh a really dark red. What this all means is the taste is, it's unbelievable. If we had, you know, our summer kings coming in at that time and they were eating, you know, that buffet of shrimp and curl, it would be, it, it, the salmon would be priceless. But what I do with them, when I take them home for Chris, A lot of times we are just going to, we're just going to turn them into sushi, but what you want to do with these things is as little as possible. Um, Keep it very simple. Do not overcook them. Like any other salmon we're going to want to cook it to no more than medium rare medium rare and it's pink in the middle, oh my God that's not cooked that's rough well no, it's perfect, because when you take it off the grill it's going to continue cook is going to have ambient heat in it which is going to continue to cook the flesh you cook that fish all the way to done it's going to be overcooked so i do simple things with them a little lemon butter a little lemon dill butter salt pepper oil um, a lot of times i'm going to make sushi with them uh Ooh, sometimes yeah. what i'll do uh sometimes i'll I'll take a, I'll fillet them out and I will take that fillet and I will butterfly that fillet or cut that fillet in half. This is a really good one that I really like. I'll take a little mixture of Dungeness crab, uh-huh. mayonnaise, salt, pepper, and lemon, and I will stuff the salmon with that or roll the salmon, make a salmon roll with that crab mixture in there and just mm. lightly bake that. That is fantastic. Finish that with a little lemon, a little butter on top. Or you could make a butter sauce if you want, if you want to get creative. And I'm gonna put a recipe for, we call it a beurre blanc, but it's basically (laughs) a butter sauce. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, beurre blanc is a white wine butter sauce. I'm I'm gonna put a recipe up that on the website. And you can make a little butter sauce and put that on top. What I'm saying is these fish have maximum flavor. You don't Mm -hmm. want to add anything to it. Whatever you add to it is going to detract from the flavor of the fish. Right. I I keep it as simple as possible. Um, Also a great thing to do with these guys too. Uh, You know, in the summer, you got friends over for lunchtime. Uh, Sometimes I'll make a little open-faced salmon sandwich, which is fantastic. You can sear them, pull it off, and then... uh, Go to, you know, your Pure Foods or Whole Foods market or something and get a little mix called Frisee or Wild Spring Mix. It's just wild greens. Uh, okay. it's, it's not heavy stuff. It's leafy, real light, uh, real light fare. And I like to take a nice piece of brioche bread. Brioche is a buttery, just fantastic, flavorful bread. Grill mm. that with a little butter. Toss your mixed greens with a little light vinaigrette. You can go buy a vinaigrette or you can make one yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you toss those mixed greens. You got your brioche, your mixed greens, and you some nice Roma tomatoes. Not those store-bought robot tomatoes, those tomatoes <laughs> that don't have any flavor.
0: Right, Get right.
1: yourself a nice heirloom organic tomato. You mm-hmm. spend all this money to go fishing on gas and lures and beer for your friends and everything else treat yourself get good products get a nice roma tomato nice heirloom tomato Mm -hmm. cut that your brioche your tomato your greens your nice salmon on top oh my god that is that is world class right there that is fantastic
0: that sounds yeah you're
1: gonna impress your girlfriend and wife when you make her something like that oh
0: absolutely yeah, absolutely. That's gonna put a
1: and, lot of points in the bank.
0: Yeah. and and you make a really good point. Is that you can overseason or over condiment salmon, and when it really needs to be the showcase in the entire dish, you know, um, the, you you don't want to do much with it. I don't think um, you know to get them to get the most out of it.
1: No, absolutely kills me. So. Salmon is a is a fish that's got that is loaded with flavor and character already, mm-hmm. um, and so I mean you know you you could you could turn salmon into beef jerky if you wanted to, but why would you? I mean the whole point of eating the salmon is to have the gorgeous flavor and yep. profile of the salmon. So the more you do to it, the more it takes away from it. I've seen guys put barbecue sauce on salmon. You're kidding me, really? ridiculous. I've seen guys put ketchup on salmon. I don't know where they come from, <laughs> but the less you do with it, the better. And of course, you know, you would never do that with 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 any quality protein, but the biggest right. mistake that folks are gonna make um, is that they're going try to they're going try to kill it. They're going to try mm-hmm. to overcook it they're, It's not done until it's done, okay? And right. then they cook that poor thing, you know or they, or, or Joe's got it on the barbecue, you know, he's got fire flames licking up at it and it's, it's, you know, you know, charring the thing. And then by the time, by the time he takes it off the grill, you know, it's, it's, it was already done five minutes before he took it off the grill for one. And now he's taking it off the grill, taking it over to the table. And, you know, mom's making potato salad or whatever she's doing. And everybody's getting ready to sit down and, You know they're bringing over all the condiments and everything and by the time they sit down it's went from done to overdone to salmon jerky Mm -hmm. you want to take that salmon and i would recommend everybody if you're going to cook anything get yourself a nice digital thermometer okay not an analog thermometer what's the difference so a digital thermometer you can get them anywhere get them at Fred Meyer, you can get them at any store, right? especially a, a good store like Bar Green Ellingson or, you know, or Sur La something like that. There's a thermometer, it's digital, it's got a battery in it, and um, as soon as you get it, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to take a, uh, a glass or a, or a coffee cup or whatever uh, with about half full of ice and half full of water and you're gonna let it sit there till it reaches equilibrium. You're gonna to wanna to put that thermometer in there. What's the temperature of ice and water? 32 degrees. Right. When that, when that digital thermometer, if it's not 32 degrees, you're gonna adjust it till it's 32 degrees. Now that thing is calibrated perfectly. You should always have a digital thermometer when you're, you know, when you're just doing your normal grilling outside in the summer, you're gonna to wanna to know what the temperature is of the potato right. salad or your steak or whatever. Mm -hmm. and you're gonna want to pull that salmon off you know you take your spatula depending on how you're cooking it and just crack it from underneath and you see that it's pink and gelatinous a little bit just pink in the middle pull it off Mm -hmm. because it's going to retain that ambient heat and what does heat do it's going to expand until it reaches equilibrium with the outside temperature and that's the worst thing you could do not just with salmon i mean with 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 any protein, but especially seafood, salmon, mm-hmm. halibut, lingcod, uh, rockfish, um, cabazon, all yeah. your seafood. It, it's very oh, light it. anyway, and it's going to retain, and, and, and that heat is just going to expand through it, and that heat's going to
0: cook it. It's going to overcook yeah. it. The, the, the worst thing that I've ever tried to cook, you know, over the years has been scallops. You know, you just you, there. There's there's no time. You know, there you you don't uh, uh, leave it on the on the on on the in the pan for very long. But like you were saying, it's the ambient heat that it, it's while it's resting, it cooks the rest of it. But um, uh, seafood itself is, is is all that same way. Oh yeah, scal. Oh my God,
1: scallops. One of my favorite type of type of delicacies of in the world is those sea scallops. Do the same mm-hmm. thing with scallops. You know, if you're searing them, or I would never recommend to cook a scallop on a, you know, like a a broiler, um, uh, like a barbecue grill. I would never do that. I like to sear them. For one thing, mm-hmm. you get that nice color. Searing is going to keep all the moisture in. Right. Uh, flame is going to take the moisture out and dry it. Searing. Mm-hmm. It's going to cook it heat it, and keep it, the moisture in i remember years ago years ago when i was just coming up we used to get these you know it was at, uh actually it was at the metropolitan grill uh, down in seattle and we had a guy that used to bring in these these alaska deep sea scallops and they mm. used to be wrapped in cheesecloth. i don't even know if you can get these anymore ted but these things were gigantic and mm-hmm. we used to sear them and it would be an entree all to itself. But these guys, I'm just looking at my hand here, Ted, and I'm just kind of just getting a rough estimate of of the size of these things. And these things must have been five inches around and maybe three inches deep. An abalone. (laughs) And that, that, I know, that was a sea scallop. I don't know where they got them. They got them, you know, they were called, they were deep sea Alaska sea scallops. And right. I remember, me and my buddy Ken, um, Ken was uh, Ken was the executive chef at that time, and he normal. And then he moved up to be uh, to to, uh, to be the regional chef. But um, we decided we were gonna we were gonna dig into one of these one day. Oh mm-hmm. my god! Oh, it was it was yeah, that was heaven on earth. <laughs> really? <laughs> those god. were bad. and then guys and then guys said, "Why do not you bacon wrap those?" What? <laughs> you just take a beautiful scallop that. You know, and bacon wrapped scallops are great, you know, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. do it to one of those. You know, I can to right, a right. little, a little, a little scallop or something But, like But yeah, we could talk, we could talk food all day, but,
0: <laughs> but yeah, that was,
1: that was, that was fantastic. I guess the lesson learned here is boys and girls, don't overdo it. Don't mm-hmm. overcook. Don't overseason, Don't, do not overpower. Right. Right. So if you like learn you anything else yourself. from me today do not overpower your seafood you know you spend you spend so much money you're fishing knuckleheads for for the gas for the mortgage, for the trailer you know for the haul in and haul out fee and then you know you hook into something fantastic and then you take it home and you bite your you know you bite your neighbors over and then you you destroy it
0: don't do that mm-hmm. yeah, right right exactly well, Chris, man, hey, we sure appreciate the chance to talk with you again. It's always a pleasure. I'm always learning stuff when we're talking back and forth. And it sounds like you've got one heck of a season ahead of you. Um, I would imagine your calendar is going to start filling quickly. How do people get a hold of you if they want to talk about uh, booking a trip uh, for the 2021 season?
1: Well, they, the best way to get some information and get all my contact information is to go to com. Mm-hmm. Now, um, all my information's there. You can email me at chris at bigkingsalmoncharters.com. Uh, oh. my phone is on 24 seven and that's four, two, five, seven, seven, six, seven, six, eight, eight. Now I have other boats that, uh, that work with me. So Uh, you know, a lot of times we're going to get big groups. We do all the big companies, Microsoft, uh, you know, we do Google, Facebook, Amazon. Mm -hmm. So, um, we do a lot of big groups where, you know, we'll take out six, six per boat, and then we'll have like a nice private fishing derby. We do that all the time, but I really like taking out families. Uh, this year is going to be, there's going to be some pressure this year. Like I say, everybody's ready to get out. And, um. And uh, we have uh, we have had very few breaks in the uh, in the in the phone call situation. So it's ringing pretty good now. But if you guys want to get out this summer or this fall or actually for the winter blackmouth, this winter blackmouth season is going to be fantastic too. Uh, get a hold of me. We'll have a great time. You know, we have world class equipment. Everything's top notch on the boat. So uh, and we're all. You know, COVID complaint, and hopefully that's going to be done with by the time we get through June, anyway. But yeah. uh, we're we're ready on that. So, and you know, all my captains have all been at their second vaccine,
0: so uh, we're mm-hmm. we're all safe here. Awesome. Well, you know, and, and I think the really one of the big draws to fishing with you is also your background in in uh, in in the culinary world and uh, you know cooking this delicious seafood. I mean, what a great opportunity for somebody to not only to hook into a great big fish, but know exactly what they're going to do with it when they bring it home, you know? And uh, I just, I just commend you for that. Cause that's, that's a pretty, that's a great deal for people. You know, and on top of that, I've got a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, that just got their boat
1: and a lot mm-hmm. of folks just go out. They, they just want to learn how to, they want to learn how to get a line in the water. They never heard of a right. downrigger before. I moved here from Tennessee and we love to fish there. What's this all about? Well, we're going to show you so i do that all the time we do some boating classes some fishing classes we're all about having fun that's Mm -hmm. the most important thing i would tell you guys you know you can go to you know the farmer's market you can go to the to the to um any you know seafood counter and get your fish Mm -hmm. we go fishing for the experience for the adventure for the fun, you know, for the thrill of it, for the passion, and to make memories with our family. And that's yep. what we're all
0: about. So it's true.
1: fishing and having fun
0: doing it. So true. Well, Chris, man, thank you so much. I wish you uh, the best of season. Keep well and uh, hope you and your family are, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing well. And, and uh, you know, just keep that up. And, and uh, we really appreciate what you do, man.
1: Oh, I really appreciate talking to you again, Ted. We will, We always have a great time when we do it. And here he comes, the celebrity bulldog. He's come back into the office. I think he wants his, he wants his teriyaki flank steak.
0: He's <laughs> he looking at
1: me kind of sideways. <laughs> I know that. Look, so when he looks at me, the sideways look, it's like, are we going to have dinner today? Or what? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to go and feed him, you guys.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, you fishermen out there,
1: you be good. And uh, do the right thing.
0: Thanks, Chris.